Good evening, and thank you so much for joining us again on this Sunday. As you know, we are starting a new series this week that uh, focuses on two of our very important core values that come directly from Scripture, which are honesty and kindness. Now, I know as Christians, honesty is a given. Uh, we know that we are charged uh, throughout the Scripture very explicitly not to lie uh, and to live lives that are honest. Um, but kindness, I am not sure if that is so overt. Uh, so tonight, I am going to continue in this um, series talking about honesty and kindness, but specifically as it relates to sharing the gospel. I'm going to start with prayer because you know me. I will put the cart before the horse and get running. And uh, I know that you all are chatting away. Uh, even as I speak on our Facebook uh, live, but take a moment to pray with me. Uh, sharing the gospel is the whole reason we do what we do as Christians. This this topic is very important, and uh, if we're going to be effective at it, we need to be in tune with the Spirit. So let's pray, and let's ask God to be with, in our midst today, um, and that He would guide and lead us uh, specifically in this area of sharing the gospel with kindness and honesty. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being your people. It is truly an honor, O oh God, that you who sit on high as you do, Lord, look down upon us with favor. You look down upon us, God, with a heart of inclusion, Lord. Who are we, O oh God, that you would use us, Lord Jesus, that you would count us, God, uh, as your servants, Lord Jesus. God, we thank you, Lord, for your kindness toward us. We thank you for your great compassion. We thank you, Lord. And we are honored to serve you, Lord, in any way that we can. We are truly your servants, Lord Jesus. And your, your desires, oh God, are our desires. Help us, oh God, to tap into your will, to tap into your way, Lord Jesus, that you can use us as you see fit. God, be in our midst tonight, God. Minister to each and every one of us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, as Christians, our lives are given over to God. Willingly, yes. He's not a God who demands. He's not a God who forces. But each and every one of us are born with our own ways and our own unique personalities. And, and some of us have, you know, these very chipper dispositions. And some of us are grouchy. And some of us are demanding. You know, we all have our unique ways. But when we are born again, when we say to God, I want to be yours, along with that, we are saying, I am surrendering my will to your will. That's where that transformation happens. That's where God is able to say, okay, I can do a work in this person. As long as we are um, fixed on the way we want things to be and our methods, and as long as we... Um, live with that whole statement that we tend to make sometimes, well, that's just me. Um, that limits God in, in the way that he can use us. Our ways have to conform to his ways. And so as I talk to you tonight about sharing the gospel, I want you to keep that in mind. Uh, when God transforms us, he puts in us gifts. We talked about several of them um, in our recent small uh, group series when we talked about 
uh, the gifts of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, both of those actually. And kindness indeed is one of those. And so God births in us these gifts through love. And those gifts are meant to be used for the furtherance of his kingdom. And so we have to give over to him. So I'm going to give a couple of scriptures that talk about this good news. All right. Talk about sharing the gospel. The gospel means good news. And so Proverbs 25, for example, says, Proverbs 25, 25 says, as cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. So here we see that contrast. We live in a world where souls are thirsty, misguided thirsty, meaning people feel like they understand what it is they're looking for. So often, um, you know, men perhaps are looking for the right woman. They feel like that's going to fill that void. Women are looking for the right man. That's going to fill that void, that thirstiness. In fact, the millennials have that that term for being desperate. They call it being thirsty, um, meaning you're doing too much trying to get what you what you think you need. And so, but as it relates to the good news, we are the ones who have that water, right, that this thirsty world is looking for. And as vessels of God, uh, we have to go about with that knowledge. We have something very, very precious that this world is looking for. And though we interact with people who are pursuing all kinds of things, whether it be education or um, some accomplishment, whatever, in, in their pursuit to fill that void, we know that that void is Jesus-shaped, if you, if you will. That void is none other than Jesus Christ and his great salvation. And so when we go about life, you know, it's like having this precious thing. I don't know about you, but I love to surprise people. I love surprises. In fact, I, I, I get kind of bummed out when my family um, has something planned for me and they tell me about it. So, you, you know, you just ruined it. right? I love surprises. I know some of you don't. Um, but even planning a surprise, knowing I have something good for this person or these people, it, it just gives me this great joy inside. And so as Christians, you know, we kind of should walk about with that same thing. We have this really good thing. In fact, it's even referred to in Scripture as a gift. We have this really good gift that we want to give people. So there's this excitement, there's this anticipation that, that comes from it. You ever gave somebody something really good, some good surprise, and it just flew at them? It just blew them away, and you were like, "Yes, you were. You were almost happier than happier than they are than they were." And so, think about that as Christians that we have this really good gift that we want to give everybody that we encounter. And so, not only were the disciples sent out, the disciples, as in the twelve, and those others, to, to take this gospel to the world, but that trickles down to us. So sometimes we think about like Luke 4, 43 says, but he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. That was Jesus talking about, I can't stay here with you guys a long time. I got to get moving because I have this good news that I need to take to the, to the, to other towns as well in his day. For he was sent for this purpose. So here was an example of Jesus being sent. Uh, we know it uh, from the end of Matthew that that great commission 
that the gospel was sent out to, you know, go ye therefore uh, and teach all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, right? So, so that's good news. That's the disciples. That's, that's Jesus. And that was the purpose. Jesus said, I was sent for this purpose. I want you to know tonight that that is your purpose as well. You may not be Jesus. You may not be part of the original 12. You may not be a preacher or a teacher or any of those formal titles. But as a son and a daughter of God, that is your purpose in life, is to take this good news to your world, to your family, to your workplace, to your community. I'm just you know, making that bigger circle out and out. Um, wherever you go, this good news goes with you. In fact, um, Jesus talked about in John 3 and 16, we all know this verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, uh, but have eternal life. Right? Again, I'm talking about this good news. We're living in a time where life is very obviously very fragile. You know, people have checked out, and I do not mean this crassly, uh, since COVID-19 has hit our community uh, this year. People who we never thought would go in this way, let me put it that way, have left this earth. And Jesus wants to bring us eternal life. I'm just using that example of life being fragile. Um, and, and, you know, there's young people who are dying early. Uh, you know, old people are, life is very uncertain. Right? None of us can say how many days we have on this earth. So again, in respect to good news, when you can come to someone and you can bring them the gospel, when you can say to them that if you decide to be Jesus, if you decide uh, to be saved, according to how we define that in scripture, if, if you decide to be transformed, you can have eternal life. You know how much despair this world is facing right now? Do you know how much despair the world has faced, period, throughout the ages? And to be able to say that this little world that we have right now is not the be-all that ends all. This is but a moment in the grand scheme of life. That is good news. That Jesus came for that explicit purpose, that he can bring eternal life to this world. So I'm trying to get you fired up tonight, quite honestly, as Christians, to help you to remember your purpose. Because when we get in these mundane states, and I think maybe we are, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but but I know, uh, I, I feel like um, the opportunities that we have right now are kind of going over some of our heads. And we're not seeing uh, that this is a great opportunity to, sh to share the good news. The news is full of disaster. The news is full of negativity. You know, the world is looking pretty bleak to people right now. I mean, who, who, whoever would have thought, again, that we would be in this scenario? I'm just, I'm just talking about the right now um, opportunity that we're facing. We can get kind of in the mully rubs. But if you get outside of self, if you quit gazing at your belly button and thinking about your life and what you got going on and how bored you are and how, you know, if you look up, the field is white. God has good news that he wants you and I to take to this world. And there's, you know, there's many, many other scriptures that I can, that I can give you uh, that talk about this good news. Uh, we have countless examples in the Bible that talk about good news. But I said to you tonight, I'm going to talk about honesty and kindness as it relates to sharing the good news. Uh, because how we 
how we share is definitely, I want to say maybe it's even more important than the fact that we share. Um, you've ever heard of the different types of body language and you know how they communicate different things, the different um, methods of communication, you know, and how um, so often it's not so much what we say, but rather how we say. And so that's a lesson we all have to be conscious of. As we go about to share this gospel, I know we get passionate about this topic. I get very passionate about this topic. I want folks in heaven. Right? Even the most wretched, I want them in heaven. When I think of the pedophile, I think of some of these people who make me so mad, I want to choke them. I'm talking in my flesh. I just want to, you do too. There's certain people, there's certain crimes, there's certain atrocities that people uh, perpetrate on other people that get us, get our dandy, and we just want to. But we got to remember, all souls belong to God. There's not a person on this earth that hasn't been affected by the spirit of the enemy who wants to destroy us. Right? You ever seen some horrific criminal? You, you see some criminal who, again, a pedophile, some kind of serial killer. You see their picture. And I, I, I'm sure I've watched, I'm a, I'm a documentary buff. I'm, so, I'm sure I've seen some documentaries where they show their baby picture. You see this person as this little innocent child. And you say, how in the world did this person get from this little sweet, innocent child to be this murderous, you know, rapist, whatever person that they that they end up being in life. It's because the enemy has devastated their lives. So we have to remember that this battle is not ours. And our battle is not with people. Our battle is not flesh and blood. Our battle is against that horrible enemy, Satan, who devastates lives. Both the perpetrator and the victim. He's the one who devastates lives. It's not our place at all to be on the judgment seat. It's not our place at all to wish damnation on somebody or to wish punishment on somebody. But we have to be always, always, always on the seat of mercy. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That not only you and I, because if you really look at yourself, you'll find out just how wretched you really are. I look at myself and I, I, I resonate with Paul when he says, oh, wretched man that I am. Had not God intervened in my life, where in the world would I be? Don't take for granted where you would be. I don't care what family you were born into. I don't care how many generations of Pentecostal you've been. Don't take for granted where you would be without the grace and mercy of God. And so we must approach people with kindness. Jesus was holy. He was without fault. Yes, he was tempted, but he was without fault. And the people that he encountered... He encountered them with kindness. He was a very truthful person. He was the truth. The scripture says he is the truth. He didn't lie to people. He didn't sugarcoat things. But he was kind to them. I got good news for you. It's my very purpose. I want to share that with you so that you can come into my kingdom. Now, I know sometimes we point to other people in scripture. You know, I think John the Baptist. I'm thinking, who in the world followed John the Baptist? Sometimes we say, well, John the Baptist, he was rough. You know, he talked to those Pharisees. He called them, you know, dead men or what do you call them? White sepulchers full of dead man's bones. And, and John the Baptist was rough. Do you know that everything you read in the Bible is not the way God designed it? That it's actually just capturing what happened? Right? I don't know if it was God's will for John to call those Pharisees out. I don't know if, John, if more of those Pharisees would have been one had John been a little bit more tactful. Right, so just because you see it in the word 
doesn't mean that's the way God wanted it done. And you think of some of the stories in the Bible I'm talking about. You think that God, did God ordained for all those things to be done that way. No, he's captured the story so that we can read them. We can learn from them. Okay, so if you're looking at some of those stories, you say, well, it's okay for me to be rough because, you know, uh, uh, you know, John was rough and you can think of some other, some other. But is that the most effective way for us to operate? Is that effective for us to be that way? Talk about truth or honesty and kindness. Yes, we hold the words of life, but that doesn't give us a pompous position in life. That should give you humility. That word kindness, that word kindness is loaded. If you look at the source, there's other words that pop up um, like compassion. Compassion is, is a, I, I can relate to you word, empathy, gentleness, right? That's what those are other words that you can replace with that word kindness. I want you to think about that as we go about. Because when you understand who you are and you understand who you are in relation to, to God and you understand what a privilege it is to be his, you can't help but be compassionate to those that you, that you um, come in contact with. We are nobody. Zilch. We are nothing except for what God makes us. We wear his righteousness. The only, um, the only way that we even remotely worthy is because we've been washed in his blood. And worthy may not even be the right word. You get my point. We belong to God. He is our righteousness. In us, no good thing whatsoever. Uh, I heard someone say, well, Jesus braided a whip. You know, he cleaned out the marketplace and, you know, as if to say Jesus was rough. No, that, that's not that's not the case. Uh, it, th that has nothing to do with the way we share the gospel. You know, every all of us have our moments of, you know, snapping, if you will, about certain things. But I'm talking specifically here about how we go about sharing the gospel. There are times, no doubt, that we can be intense. But that intensity needs to be at the leading of the spirit. Kindness doesn't mean that I'm a marshmallow. Kindness means I'm going to give you what is best for you. Kindness means I'm considering you. You know, we have situations where we have to imp implement tough love. Doesn't mean I'm not being kind because I'm not being tough. But there's a, there is a thin line between being tough and being controlling, being demanding, being overbearing, being condemning. Right? We can still, I can show tough love. I show tough love to my kids all the time. But I love those little stinkers. Well, one of them not too little anymore. Actually, neither one of them. Right. I'm still being kind to them when I when I teach them life lessons and sometimes they're not uh, they don't go down. My my intention, my motive is kindness. Right. I want it that I'm looking for a certain outcome. So kindness doesn't always look the same, but our motives have to be with kindness. It has to be for our motives are for the benefit of that person. Not for you know our own selfish reasons. And so we have to let God guide our intensity. Which way that kindness is manifest. Yes, we're always going to be honest. Uh, there are several examples in the Bible. You know, I think about Zacchaeus. You know, Rachel mentioned him in her lesson uh, earlier, uh, maybe a week or so ago. You know, when Zacchaeus is, is climbing up in a tree and he wants to see Jesus. And, and Jesus looks up and he goes, Zacchaeus, you know, this is in Luke 19. You know, I, I need to come to your house today. Right. Quick. I'm reading five. Uh, quick. Come down. I must be a guest in your home today. The people couldn't stand Zacchaeus. 
He was a publican. He was a thief, essentially. They couldn't stand Zacchaeus. You know, who in our lives? I know I'm hopping around tonight, but I'm hopping around tonight on purpose. I'm just letting God have his way right now. I'm just, I'm just flowing. So if you got to sit down and piece this thing together in some logical order, you can do that after the broadcast. I'm, I'm just going to flow with it tonight. Who in our lives do we despise? Who in our lives do we think we have pegged? You know, those people. I don't like those people. Those people, right? Jesus is the one who reads the hearts. Jesus came along and Jesus knew that Zacchaeus was looking for him. If you seek me, you shall find. Zacchaeus was seeking. And Jesus knew that. He goes, dude, I got to come to your house today. I got a gift for you. I got good news for you, Zacchaeus. And before it was all over, in Luke 19.9, Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. The world treated Zacchaeus harshly. I'm sure he was probably spit on, cursed out, everything under the gun. You know, when you touch people's money, you bring out the worst in people. This man was a thief. He was taking over and above what he should have been taking. Folks were mad at Zacchaeus. I'm sure they had wished him dead. I'm sure that, sorry, that was a net that came across my screen. I'm sure they had wished him, you know, wiped out. But God wished him saved. And we as the church cannot operate the same way as the world. You know, there's things we get real nasty about. Don't touch our money. Don't touch our kids. Don't, don't touch certain things. We coming after you, right? We can't have that. Jesus looks on the heart. So I'm earlier I mentioned to you that we have to be led by the Spirit. God, how do you want me to operate? Always with honesty and always with kindness because we want God's will to be done. We want God us to lead those people that um, who, who are seeking. You don't know who is seeking. That you can't know who are seeking. There are people who are uh, seemingly faithful and they ain't seeking. They ain't going through the motions mode. There are people who are not faithful, yet they are seeking. Somehow they are all caught up and, and God can use us to, to put them on the straight and narrow. And so we don't know. God was kind. Salvation came to Zacchaeus' house that day. So often we make ourselves responsible for the outcome. That's why we get harsh sometimes. That's why we get demanding sometimes. That's when we get people in a, you know, we, we get them in a grip or headlock because we, we're, we, you know, you're going to respond. Don't you know this is good news? Uh, I guess so. I mean, think about that, right? You don't cram good news down somebody's throat. You don't force a gift on people. You bring good news with excitement. You bring good news with anticipation. You know, and, and good news, again, is not always, let me, let me say, sharing the good news is not always verbal. You know, we talked about with your life, different ways to communicate. Your life is a, is a living epistle. You know, seen and read of all men. You go about life and, you, and people see the good news in you. Well, why are you so happy? You know, why, 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 why are you? I've seen hard things happen to you, and I, and I still see you, you know, with a pep in your step. I still see you have joy in spite of. So people can look at our lives, and, and they, they see in us good news, which draws them, uh, which draws them to us. It's funny. Uh, just last night, I was uh, sitting at my desk, and I was getting ready for a meeting. Excuse me. And an email popped up. It was like 10 something. 
maybe I was already in me, but anyway, it was like 10 something, I believe, at night. And there was a man who I know I haven't talked to this man in over 10 years. When I worked at Christiana, he worked at one of the vendors that um, supplied some certain products for us. And I'll give you the gist of what he said. He says, you know, something like, hey, Leela, you know, I hope you and your family are well. Um, you know, lately God's been giving me some dreams and, and bringing people to my life who were, were very special. You were one of those people. I always remember you showing kindness and, and, this, and I'm going, huh? Like, I never expected to hear from this guy again. But he said in the midst of that, how he was so impressed when I left Christiana to go and do something I was passionate about, which was work for my church. You know, he wished my family well, you know, that we were doing okay during this COVID time. That kind of floored me. Never expected to hear from that man. Uh, in fact, it took a second to register exactly who he was. But our kindness, our lifestyle impacts people. Everybody expects everybody to be nasty. That's a given these days. People pop off all the time about any and everything. So your nastiness doesn't move people. But your kindness will. Your kindness being led by the Spirit. Your kindness with your honesty. right? It moves people. It impacts people. So tonight, as I sign off, I'm going to bring to you a, a thought from Vincent Beersley, who is one of our uh, developing leaders. And Vincent uh, added to my thought this message tonight. And Vincent said, two of the greatest spreaders of the gospel were Paul and Jesus. Both heavily relied on both kindness and truth. With Jesus, the kindness part is obvious, with the numerous stories of him showing great kindness and grace to atrocious sinners. However, he also had truth as a central focus of his ministry. He had the habit of preceding important statements with, I tell you the truth. He said, I am the truth. And even in those cases where he showed massive amounts of kindness, he still told the truth, even when it hurt. He gave a couple examples, and I won't give those examples because you'll, you'll hear about those. In fact, you heard about those last night. Paul, on the other hand, clearly had a focus on truth. Going to battle in almost every letter he wrote with people who corrupted truth. He also repeated, I tell you the truth. Or, I speak truthfully. Although, not as much as Jesus. What's more? Paul multiple times refers to conversion as coming to the truth. Have you heard that? Even when we, when we, when we tell our own testimonies, we, we, we say to people, when I came to the truth, right? So, so Paul used that, that phrasing also. The gospel is truth. And yet, his letters are also filled with the good news of the love and the kindness of God. He shows the love and kindness of God in how he speaks. He speaks with force against those who corrupt truth, but he constantly turns to the love of God in describing what truth is. And in 2 Corinthians 9 and 6, he says that one of the things he, Paul, proves himself by is his love. Right? Talking about proving your attitude, I'm going to prove myself by my love. The same love that he spent an entire chapter writing about in the preceding letter in 1 Corinthians 13. The love that expresses itself in kindness. Love and truth 
were the way Jesus spread the gospel, and they formed the core of Paul's teaching. Love and truth, or kindness and honesty, are not just some possible tools for spreading the gospel. They are the tools for spreading the gospel. Hear, hear, Vincent. That was awesome. Thank you so much for that. And I don't really think anything needs to be said other than that. I'll read his last sentence one more time so you can take that with you. Love and truth, or kindness and honesty, are not just some possible tools for spreading the gospel. They are the tools for spreading the gospel. Thank you. Jesus, we worship you this night, Lord. And God, we ask that you would minister to each and every one of us, God. Help us to think about our attitude. Help us to think about our modes of operation, God, as we go about to reach this world for you. Help us to be effective, Lord Jesus. We want what you want, Lord Jesus. We want souls to come to your kingdom. We want people to be set free. We want heaven full and bursting, oh God, with your people, Lord Jesus, when this thing is over. Help us, oh God, to put aside our methodologies, our um, erroneous thoughts, our own carnal methods, Lord Jesus, and help us, God, to put on the mind of Christ, to operate as you would have us to operate, God. Let your will be done in us and through us, O oh God. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for counting us in. Thank you for making us laborers for you, Lord Jesus. We worship you this night, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, we bless your name. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. We ask it all in that wonderful, wonderful name of Jesus. God bless you and go about your, uh, your life and touch some souls with Jesus Christ. Show them some kindness as you go about your daily living. Good night and God bless each of you.